Hello everyone. Welcome to Read Through the Bible with Elder Linda. So glad you joined me. <clears throat> if this is your first time coming to the channel, here on this channel we read the scripture together. We make sure we understand what we're reading and we make application to our lives. And I post a new video every Wednesday or by every Wednesday. Um, but if you want to know when the videos are going to be posted, uh, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel called Read Through the Bible with Elder Linda, you'll be notified when a new video is posted every week. And also, um, you know, give me a thumbs up. I greatly appreciate it. If you have any comments or questions, add that underneath the comments section on Facebook or on YouTube. Uh, comments and questions are welcome. But last week we were in Matthew chapter 18 and we actually read verses 1 through 11. And uh, we talked last week about who's the greatest in the kingdom. We talked about how the disciples was having that debate uh, more than once about which one of them were going to be the greatest in the kingdom. Um, so we talked about that last week and how Jesus told them that they had to become as a little child. And, um, that's who's the greatest in the kingdom. Those that become as a little child. And also, uh, we talked about the importance of not causing our brother or sister to stumble and fall. Uh, how we have to be careful with what we're doing and what we're saying that we don't cause our brother and sister to stumble and fall. And also be careful about, uh, what we do that causes us to fall ourselves, you know, things that we shouldn't be engaging in that will uh, cause us to slip and fall. <clears throat> so today we're going to finish Matthew chapter 18, God willing. And uh, in Matthew chapter 18 is the fourth teaching, uh, fourth major teaching that Jesus gives. And, and we say that because um, there's like five major teachings that he gives in Matthew. Uh, where Jesus just actually just, just, just paused and just had a teaching session. Uh, of course, he taught in other areas of, of, you know, besides these five spots, he, you know, Jesus made a lot of things into a lesson because he's always teaching by what he's doing. He did a lot of events in between these, uh, these discourses, these teachings. Uh, but the five teachings that um, we're talking about is the first one was Sermon on the Mount, where uh, that was chapter five through seven. Uh, the second one, um, and of course, Sermon on the Mount was, was showing us what we're going to look like. This is what we're going to look like uh, as we become more and more like him. And then the second teaching, Jesus, uh, when he sent out his apostles, that was in chapter 10 of Matthew. And it was the first time they went out. So he was kind of giving his apostles some, what they should expect. Uh, the third major teaching he gave was uh, in chapter um, 13 of Matthew, where he gave seven parables about what the kingdom is like and about uh, the separation that's going to happen at the end of the age between the wheat and the tares and, and uh, whatnot. And then the fourth uh, teaching that we're on now is in chapter 18, where we're going to talk about, we've already talked about the greatest in the kingdom. He's going to talk about the parable of the lost sheep, how to... Um, how to correct or to amend um, a situation with our brother and sister. We're going to talk about that. And also the parable of the unforgiving debtor, the person that owed so much money and could not forgive uh, his fellow uh, servant that owed him money. So, and then the fifth one that we're going to get to, uh, it's going to be pretty lengthy, is um, the final teaching is in chapters 24 and 25 of Matthew, which we haven't gotten there yet. Um, but it's going to talk about the future, the parable of the 10 virgins. We're going to talk about uh, the parable of the, the three servants that the um, 
the master went away and gave uh one one bag of uh one talent, gave another one two talents, gave the other one five talents. We're gonna talk about that. And we talk talk about the final judgment, which is gonna be the separation of the sheep and the goats. Amen. So that's where we're going with that. Like I said, we're, this is the fourth discourse that we're on. And um, we have one more after this one. So we're going to get started. Let's just start with the word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. We honor you and we praise you. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come in today and be the teacher. We love you on today. We appreciate you. We thank you, oh God that you're so patient with us, that you never leave us alone, and that you're going to get us where we need to be. We love you, God, and we appreciate you, and we ask you to come in and be the teacher on today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so let's just jump right in. Uh, I might do a lot of reading from the New Living, Trans New Living Translation today. Um, just wanna make sure everything is clear. So we're going to start in uh, Matthew chapter 18, and we're going to actually start on verse in verse 12. We're going to read verse 12 through, um, actually just verse 12 through verse 14 for right now. So in verse 12, it's talking about the parable of the lost sheep. In verse 12 says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the ninety and nine? others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost. And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander off. In the same way, it is not my heavenly father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. And remember we talked about all through this, the little ones he's talking about is us as Christians. And here he's saying that gave us a parable of a man that goes after one lost sheep. He has 99 and he will leave that 99 to go after the one. And we should really be honored by that and, 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 and feel comfort in that because basically what he is saying is that even though he's got 99 others, each one is that important that he will leave the 99 to go find that one. And thank God for that. Thank God that he will go searching for you no matter where you are. There's no place you can go where you can hide from him. And, and he hears your faintest cry when you cry out to him. God hears you. And yes, you're just that important that he will leave 99 others to come and find you. Amen. So, so don't, don't neglect to call out to him. And, and, and if you're feeling, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling lonely, if you feel like you don't have a friend in the world, call on Jesus. I'm telling you, he, he will hear your faintest cry and he will be there in a hurry. Amen. Because he loves you just that much. Amen. That he will leave 99 to come after you. See if I have have on my notes here. Um, one of the other things I have on my notes about that same section is uh, about the parable of the prodigal son. And that's found in Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 32. And we're not going to read all of that, but in the prodigal son, he actually uh, told his dad that he wanted to get his inheritance right away. He wanted to get what he had coming to him. 
and the uh, the man had two sons, so he did give give him his inheritance. Give the one his his inheritance, and he took off, and he spent his inheritance in riotous living. And uh, some translations said he spent it on prostitutes and whatnot, until the point where he had nothing left. The one son had nothing left. The other son stayed at home with the with the dad. So uh, after he was destitute, I mean destitute, he was wanting to eat what the pigs were eating because he had wasted all his living and then he decided you know what even the servants in my father's house have it better off than i got it this is after he had literally messed up and this prodigal son finally went back home to the father had his speech already you know about how he had you know sinned against his father and he's you know he's just ready to just spill it all out well Look at the love of the father. The father saw him from far off and ran to him. You, you need to read that session because it'll, it'll just warm your heart how the father loved this son so much. He ran to him, put his arms around him, uh, put, a, put a cloak on him, gave him a ring, get, threw him a big party. He's just so excited because his son had come home. Amen. And that's how God feels when we actually come home because he loves us just that much he wants each one of us to come home and he doesn't want any of us to uh fall by the wayside and and, and another example i had it was about um well about your own natural children um you know i i have two children i i wouldn't want anything to happen to either one of them you know if, if you you know my mom and dad had 12 of us and they didn't want anything to happen to not even one of us it, it would break their heart Amen. So it doesn't matter how many you have, each one is just as important. Amen. So let's read, uh, we're going to go to verse 15 through 20, and we're going to be reading about correcting another believer is the title that they have on here. We're, we're going to go through that. Verse 15 in Matthew chapter 18, verse 15, we're going to read down to verse 20. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. Verse 17. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Uh, the King James Version said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. And here it says, whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this, verse 19, if two of you agree we're here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Amen. So let's just talk about that for a minute. So when we're talking about uh, correcting a believer or coming to believe it, actually, I'm going to talk about this on a couple levels. Um, because they're, they're on the level that we're really not going to deal with that much because I think, uh, you should leave that to maybe leaders and people that, that, um, that are more, are spiritual about it. And, um, and that's on the level when, when somebody is, is sinning and you know that they are sinning 
and you, 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 you see what they're doing. I don't believe God has called us to be like little mini police officers to go and point out each other's sins. You know, oh, I see you doing this. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Okay. I, I just don't believe that. Um, but, but there is uh, a space where if the sin is that, that grievous and it is that um, uh, blatant that I've seen where father ministry or, or uh, elders of the church had to actually go to somebody and sit them down because what they were doing wasn't correct. And they had to talk to them about that. But again, that was the elders of the church that did that. So we're not going to talk about that level, although that happens um, occasionally where a person has is doing something and they have to be set down or they have to be they have to be addressed. But we're going to talk about this on the level of uh, when someone offends us, because when you when you trespass, it says if someone sins against you in the King James Version, said when when uh, if another believer trespasses against you, and we look up that word trespass, trespass means to offend. Uh, and when you offend someone, offense means they make you upset, uh, they annoy you, uh, they cause you to be resentful, you know, and just get you all tied up in knots and, and, and just get you in the wrong frame of mind. So when, when this happens, when people offend you, uh, this is telling us how we're supposed to deal with it. Very specific directions how we should deal with it. And to be honest with you, um, the first step in dealing with it might be the only step you have to take because it is, it tells us here, go to that person privately to discuss the offense. The first thing you do, if, and that's if, if you have an art with somebody and I've actually done this, uh, and we should be practicing this. You go to the person that you have an issue with. You don't go to, uh, Pam over there to tell her what Sally did to you. No, uh, you go to Sally and say, well, Sally, you know what? Um, I just didn't appreciate how, what you said to me. It, it really offended me. It caused me to have a problem. You know, you talk that over with Sally and Sally might not even know that she did that or that she offended you. Um, that happened to me, uh, on one occasion, uh, I had, I had made a statement and I think I made it flippantly and somebody came up to me and they were offended by what I said. And, uh, I would, I didn't even know that I, 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 you know, when they told me what I said, I, I can see how they would get offended. And I apologized and, and told them that I was sorry about that. And, um, you know, please forgive me. And we went on. So usually that's as far as you need to go if you address the issue with the person and both of you love Jesus, both of you love God. Nobody wants to be an offense to somebody else. Nobody wants to uh, be the cause of somebody stumbling or having a bad uh, a bad time of it because you said something you shouldn't have said or you did something that you shouldn't have did, you know. And, and you should be quick to apologize because I, I find sometimes even when people come to you and say that, you know, you offended me, sometimes... We can be little what they're saying. You don't want to do that. You don't want to be little what somebody's saying like, well, if I offended you, okay, they just told you you offended them. So it shouldn't be a if I offended you. It should be, okay, I'm sorry that I offended you. Whether you think you did or not, whether you, you can see that you did or not, if they got offended, then you should apologize. I'm sorry I offended you. Please forgive me. Simple. 
and you go on because you don't want anything to stop your blessing and the flow of the Holy Spirit through you because you got this, this, this big blockage there. Okay, so you want to get rid of that quickly. So you go to the person privately and you discuss the offense. And, uh, and a lot of times they hear you apologize and acknowledge the offense, then your problem is solved. Amen. But it's saying here that if they don't, then you also have um, the second recourse where you can go, like if, if you go to the person and they and it's still in an uproar and it's not resolved, go and take another witness with you. I, now, I haven't ever, I haven't had to go that far with this. And usually you don't. But if, it, if it's really bad, really ugly, you might have to get somebody else to go, with. well, let's just sit down and talk about this. And if it still gets bad, if you take that the, uh, witness with you, and the person still is not resolving, you might have to go before the pastor, go before the church. Go, and sometimes people have a counseling uh, group that deals with that in their churches. But you go before uh, the, the church and, and, and see if you can get that resolved. And you take it to the interview. And if the person still, after you've gone through all these steps to try and get it resolved with the person, and they still refuse to resolve the matter and still don't want anything to do with you, you're done. You can just wipe your hands from that. That's between them and God. You did everything that you could do to make it right. Amen. So um, Jesus tells us specifically how you handle offenses with your brother. You go to the person and talk about it. Amen. Amen. So let's go to Oh, in verse 18, it's talking about buying and losing. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth should be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth should be loose in heaven. And here it says, whatever you forbid on earth should be forbidden in heaven, whatever you permit on earth should be permitted in heaven. Now, for me, I think this verse is talking about us being in tune with the Holy Spirit, because when we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, we're only going to bind or pray against things that the Holy Spirit tells us to pray against. And, and what are we binding? Uh, you can bind depression. You can bind uh, self-pity spirits. You can you can bind whatever the Holy Spirit brings to your mind. He can tell you to bind that up. Uh, we bind you in the name of Jesus, whatever it is. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And it says, and whatsoever you loose on earth. And, and what are we loosing? What are we releasing? On earth, we should be releasing his presence, releasing God's Holy Spirit, release his peace. You know, release whatever God uh, tells you to release. Release His joy inside of you. You know, and 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 the Holy and the heavens will back you up because uh, because God wants you to release those things. Amen. So let's go to verses uh, nineteen and twenty. It says, and I also tell you this: that if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. And for wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am. So I love that that those two verses because it reminds me of the scripture in 1 John 5, 14, 15, which tells us, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So in other words, you have God's ear. It's a confidence that you should have as a child of the king that whatever I ask in his name, he hears me and he's going to grant my petition. If it's his will, he's going to grant my my petition. So, and, and wherever two of you are gathered, that's telling us how powerful we are. Yes, 
You're a child of the king and you're powerful. It doesn't take a whole army. Just two of you, just two of you praying together and touching and agreeing can cause the hand of God to move and can, can put the enemy to flight. And that tells us uh, the power of, of the believers in Joshua 23.10. It tells us that each one of you will put to flight a thousand of the enemy. For the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. So that's why we are powerful because we have the backing of Father God. We have the backing of the Holy Spirit. We have the angels backing us up. You got a whole army backing you up. Amen? Amen. Uh, we're powerful as Christians. So when you get to praying together, just recognize that, that there is power in your prayers and God hears what you are uh, asking of him and he will grant it according to his will. Amen? Amen. So let's read in verse 21 through 35 about the parable of the unforgiving debtor. Debtor. In verse 21, it says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Before the kingdom of heaven, therefore the kingdom of heaven, can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. Verse 26, but the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay, pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. Verse 28, but when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. Now, this man was just released from his debt. He owed this king, he owed him uh, millions of dollars. And the king knew he couldn't pay it, so he released him from the debt. So now, this same man goes out and gets his fellow servant who owes him Thousands of dollars, not millions, thousands, only thousands of dollars. Or he owed him a whole lot less than what he owed the other, what he owed the king. And he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. Verse twenty-nine. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me; I will pay it. He pleaded, but his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. And when some of the other servants saw this, they were upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Should you have, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant? just as I had mercy on you. Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. 
That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. So this is a this is a very important lesson. It's very serious. Uh, and Peter started out saying, well, you know, he and in verse 21, he thought he was saying something that was uh, generous. He said, well, you know, Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother? I mean, we just uh, got finished talking about, you know, when your brother offends you up, up above that, that you go to him and correct and all that. So now Peter says, well, should I, how many times should I forgive him? Seven times? You know, he thought that was pretty generous. And Jesus told him, no, 70 times seven. So that could be 490 times. And I've seen some uh, translation where it says 77 times. The point is, we're supposed to walk in forgiveness. It's not supposed to be a set amount of times where, okay, you can only do this to me two or three times and then, then I'm not going to forgive you anymore. We're supposed to constantly keep forgiving. We're supposed to walk in the spirit of forgiving. And the whole um, parable he gave here about the man that owed millions of dollars. In other words, we're not perfect. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God has forgiven us of so great a debt. He has forgiven us of all of our sins. So because he has forgiven us, we ought to forgive our brothers and sisters for the offenses that they commit against us, for the things that they do that offend us. We should be more forgiving. We should forgive, recognizing God forgave me. I must forgive my brother and my sister. Because there's a scripture that says if we don't forgive, that's found in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 to 15, tells if we don't forgive, God will not forgive us. And that is a scary thing to think that God would not forgive us. But God is serious about that. You have to forgive your fellow brother and sister. In 1 Corinthians 13, it's telling us about love, and we know we're supposed to be full of the love of God. 1 Corinthians 13 and 5 in the New Living Translation, it says, love does not keep a record of wrongs. Mm. Now, when I read that, it just reminds me that we can't keep a record of wrongs, and we have to continue to ask God to help us with that. Because human nature, if somebody offends you, somebody does something to you, okay, it's, it's right there. It's right on the, on the front of your, your memory. And uh, oftentimes we want to retaliate. We want to get back at them. Or we just you know don't want anything else to do with them. And God wants us to have a forgiving heart. So this is something that we probably continue to have to be prayerful about. Holy Spirit, help me. Help me. And he will help you. And how do I know that? Because I've been through that. I've been through it where it, I was so offended by something that somebody did. And I really didn't want them to come to my house. I just had blackballed them completely. Didn't want anything to do with them. And, and I was just, I was hurt. I was really hurt by what this person did. And the Holy Spirit began to show me that I could not hold on to that. That I had to release that. I had to let that go. Because he began to show me that he had so much over here to give me. More grace, more mercy, more peace, levels uh, of, of glory to take me to, uh, higher depths to, depths to take me to. He has so much more over here to offer. His love, his joy, his peace. But I had to let go of the bitterness, the resentment, the unforgiveness, uh, all of that that I was holding on to. I, he, I had to let it go in order to get this. 
and through tears. So I'm not telling you something that I know that I'm saying is gonna be easy because I through tears had to say, okay, God, I, I don't want this. Help me, help me to forgive this person. Help me to give that up. I don't want this. I want all that you have for me. And I don't wanna miss out on anything that you have for me because I'm holding on to all this bitterness, unforgiveness. So I'm telling you the same thing that he told me, you have to release it, let it go. Ask God to help you to release all the unforgiveness because it, 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 you're the one that gets put in prison. This, this, uh, this guy was thrown in prison by the king and he was tortured until he paid his entire debt. You're the one that gets thrown into prison. You're the one that gets locked up. You're the one that gets this blockage and you can't get free when you're not releasing other people. And sometimes when you're holding other people, uh, holding on to that unforgiveness, sometimes that person might not even know that they even did anything to you. So they're gone skipping on about their married way and you're in bondage and you're in bitterness and, and you can't move any further and you're stuck there. So we don't want to be stuck. We want to be free. So just ask God to heal you, to cleanse you, to, to let you just release it and give it up because you don't want to hold on to forgiveness because you want your heavenly father to forgive you. Amen. Amen. So we're going to stop there. Just want to invite you to the channel. If there's anyone there that has not accepted Christ into your life, uh, please do so. As I always say, tomorrow's not promised. Go into my channel, read through the Bible, Elder Linda. There's a playlist there called the sinner's prayer. There's two videos on that playlist. The sinner's prayer. There's no scriptures with that. It's just explanation as to why you need Jesus and it leads you to lead you to Christ. Uh, the second video is a video called Teaching About Salvation, where that video gives you all the scriptures about your salvation experience. So, amen. So, please go on and accept Christ into your heart today, amen, so that you can be in the ark of safety, amen. So, let's just close with a word of prayer. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you, oh God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us and for teaching us how to forgive. Lord, if there's anyone that's listening, that's holding on to bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness, Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would touch them right now. Father, that you would break that thing. Father, that you would help them to climb up out of that hole and that, that thing that wants to keep them bound. Father, we might be free, free to serve you, free to worship you, free to soar in you, Jesus. We thank you for releasing all those that have been bound with unforgiveness. We thank you, O oh God, because we know that your Holy Spirit can go into every home, every house, every heart, and set us free. And we give you all the praise, honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.